Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby and I'm an empowerment coach to women over 40. I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn in life. I am looking forward to this conversation. Today I have bilingual communications expert Sandy Rodriguez on and we are going to talk about how you talk to yourself and how you're thinking about yourself. So Sandy, thank you so much for being here. And if you could tell my guests a little bit about yourself, please. Oh, absolutely, Val. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am a big fan of your podcast, and I'm just so happy to be here with you this morning. Yes, so as you were saying, um, I am a bilingual communications expert. I used to be a managing editor for one of the foremost newspapers in Latin America. That was the Reforma newspaper in Mexico City. And then um, later, after uh, having been there for maybe 16 years, uh, and I did enjoy my my job very much, I decided to make a very bold move, and I packed my bags, and I moved to L.A., where I knew I would have to start a new career from scratch, basically. And, and I was actually able to do that, Val. Um, I became a court interpreter, which is something that hadn't even been on my radar before, but it ended up being something that I enjoy very deeply. And it also gives me the freedom and the flexibility to do other things. So in addition to that, I also started um, working on um, translation projects. I've translated many books from English to Spanish bestsellers. I've also done a lot of copywriting for different companies, including PR companies and the like. I've also started uh, working as a video presenter for two different uh, media companies. And I've just done a lot of things that I never would have had the time to do. Even hobbies, I've gotten into art, I've gotten into winemaking, and I even had the time to write a book. So there was quite a shift in my life, and I'm pretty happy, I must say. I wonder, because um, I know we've talked about how much time you spent in that editorial position. Um, <laughs> I wonder if when when you stopped doing it, if you were able to do so much of this stuff because you were so used to being so busy. You have exactly hit the nail on the head, Val. Yes, that's exactly right. So back when I was uh, an editor for the newspaper, I used to work extremely long hours because that's just the nature of the job. When you're um, in newspapers, in media in general, but in newspapers specifically, there's no uh, possibility for you Oh, I'll just leave this till tomorrow or I'll work on this uh, next week. No, it needs to be done and it needs to be done now. So it wouldn't be strange for people in newspapers to work 14-hour days, 15-hour days, 16-hour days and beyond because that's just the nature of the job. So when I became a court interpreter, by no means uh, would I say that it's an easy job or a, or a, you know, a cushy gig or anything around those lines. It's a very demanding job. It's very, very rigorous. It's a full-time job, but quite simply, it's not the same thing to be home by, say, 6 p.m. than to be home in the wee hours of the morning. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's... Right. So, I mean, although it is demanding, it is rigorous, I am used to working like you know, 24 hours, like all the time. So of course, um, perhaps um, because I had gotten used to that pace, I had no issues coming home from work and just, you know, moving on to something else. And I still have the energy, I still have the drive, and I'm still interested in doing 
more things. I can't say that I wasn't happy when I was a um, um, an editor about. In fact, I think that that set me apart from other people making career shifts. I see that many people that decide to go down that path are not happy uh, at their current job. And then they say, okay, I need to make a, a change. Mm-hmm. In my case, I was very happy. But I still felt that I needed to do that about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is amazing. I think that does have to do with uh, that that self concept you have. I believe so. I think that everybody is capable of having it all, however they define all. I mean, not everybody wants or needs certain aspects of their life too to um, grow. For example, many people might say, I'm not interested in whatever, uh, having a family, I only want to travel or I only want to travel, I don't want to uh, devote myself to a nine to five. I mean, Mm -hmm. people have different interests. But if you're interested in having uh, several of these, checking all of these boxes or more of these boxes, it's also very doable. I think that it's very possible. I think back on my own mother, for example. Uh, she had and has had and still has a very rigorous career, very interesting also. She's an architect, but she moved into gender issues uh, later in life, and she is a gender issue specialist. She uh, works for a government agency in, in, in Mexico, and uh, she also had a very happy marriage to my father, who unfortunately passed away uh, a few years back. But uh, I would say that that would be an example of of having a balance in your life, that you're able mm-hmm. to have uh, the, the family, romance, uh, travel, and definitely a, a career that is uh, fulfilling no matter how rigorous it may be. I think it is possible to have it all. But when I was um, working for the newspaper, the reality is that I was not having it all. I was happy because I enjoyed my work. But the hours I kept uh, were, they forced me to make a number of trade-offs. For instance, I was not able to, uh, you know, interact with my family members or close friends often at all. Mm -hmm. For instance, I would see my my best friend who was in a similar career situation maybe a few times a year, and that was the extent. Or uh, some of my girlfriends I never actually saw unless we actually planned a trip and went off on a trip somewhere. Um, then maybe, uh, well, my brother and my father passed away during the time that I was working there, and I really regretted not having spent more time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that I was never, um, I rarely, if ever, dated, let alone uh, established any kind of a romantic relationship. I certainly didn't get married at all while I was uh, working um, in in the, at the newspaper. And that's something that, I mean, it might be fine. I don't see that that would be an an issue for all people. But in my case, I did feel that I was missing out on something, even though I really loved my job. And that is one of the main reasons that I chose to to make this huge, huge switch, which meant, um, well, basically starting um, from the very beginning, working my way up. uh, It also meant perhaps having far less disposable income, at least initially. So it was a it was a a challenge, but I was able to navigate it smoothly, and I believe that everybody else can as well. Yeah, and that's just such a huge change because because um, you like you said you didn't leave it 
you know, because you didn't like the job, you know, you loved what you were doing. You didn't leave it. I know I've talked to some other women, you know, they, they had health issues that came up, you know, and that really was the smack in the face that they need to make changes and um, to, to, to leave something that you loved that much. That was, that takes some serious, serious confidence to be like, okay, I want something more. And trusting in the in just the the possibility of being able to to pull it off, Belle, because in reality there are no guarantees. Yeah. You might leave a job and find yourself, you know, destitute or out on the streets. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but I yeah. mean that could be a fear that people might have. And in or reality, that you're going to be uh, flipping burgers. You know, you've come from this exactly. career that you absolutely loved to oh my gosh, am I going to go flip burgers? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. No, 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 that that is a very real fear. And of course, it can't be it can be um, very, um, let's say, it can be a relief to plan ahead to just know. uh, I mean, it wasn't so much that I just packed my bags and up and left. No, I mean, I did this a little bit in stages. I was traveling to LA, which is where I eventually moved to. Mm -hmm. I was traveling here like, um, maybe once a month to start getting uh, things done. For instance, I would come here and I would open a bank account, maybe get my driver's license, start looking at places where I might live, that kind of thing so that the actual move was a little bit more seamless. Mm -hmm. And also I did have money saved up and that's also uh, something that I would recommend for somebody that's looking to do something that crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean you do need to have a little bit of a, of a fun there. It doesn't need to be huge but just enough to weather an initial period of unemployment because of course I mean it's not like you're going to start a new job the moment you set foot in your new um, yeah. country in this case. But So you do need a little bit of um, uh, you know but it's it's not as difficult as one would assume. It's not like I had like uh, everything uh, down. No, but I mean, it was, I did as much as I could to make it seamless. Obviously, you cannot, uh, you know, guess everything that's going to come up. You cannot look into the future and be super sure of what's going to happen. But I think there are ways to ease a transition and it's very doable if you, if you have a little bit of a plan in place. And that's really smart thanks for those tips because I mean there are a lot of people that are going to want want that do want change and especially right now there's career changes going on all over the place and I know if you're not prepared for it then all of a sudden you're in that point of desperation so you do all of a sudden feel like you have to take that job that you know you're going to hate because you need to pay your bills you know the powers powers only going to stand so long and and then that's just going to lead into self-confidence issues because now you're now you left a job that you loved and you're in this job that you mm-hmm. hate just to pay the bills no <laughs> fun whatsoever no no that would be like a terrible decision and you don't want that at all you want to move to, to some towards something that you like even better yeah. something that is super satisfying to you on many levels yes absolutely yeah fun awesome okay so self-talk um i would love to jump into that whole conversation with you um how can you recognize how you are talking to yourself if it you know good or bad even i think that it's very easy to see on a very tangible level what you're telling yourself on the inside just by looking at how your life is going because whatever you tell yourself does have an actual impact on your real actual life you know Val, there are um 
let's say, philosophical, psychological, and even religious theories that point to the fact that whatever one says after the words I am eventually comes to pass, it eventually becomes a real thing. Mm -hmm. To put it another way, uh, the world comes to see you the way you see yourself. And that's very real. I mean, for example, if you always uh, have said, I am um, lonely, I'm a very lonely person, I'm always alone, most likely that is the truth. Mm-hmm. That is the actual truth. It becomes the truth. Maybe it wouldn't have been that way. Maybe you would have uh, a supportive group of friends if you had not been telling yourself this um at some point or constantly. So really, by taking a a look at your life and what's going well and what's going poorly, you do get a hint or a sense of what it is that you're telling yourself. For example, if you have a very solid marriage, you can safely assume that you are on some level telling yourself that you deserve love, you're worthy of love, you are, um, you know, you're you're good at relationships. That's most likely what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, you find yourself struggling with with relationships, and that's something also very common, most likely on some level, even if you don't notice it, you might be thinking, okay, I might not be worthy, or there are just no good men are out there, or there's something you're telling yourself. There's yeah. something. There's something going on. So definitely, it you can. Just by looking at yourself in the mirror, you can see what it is that you have been telling yourself. And if something is not to your liking, you can easily change it now. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to be present in the moment, but I'm sitting here as soon as you're talking all that going, hmm, hmm I've, had a, I've had a thing bubbling lately. And it's like, huh, what, I'm, I mean, I'm running through conversations in my own head. Of, <laughs> and I, I can see exactly where because it is things that I have a feeling I'm telling myself and so that's just perpetuating that issue right I believe so and I also think it's up to a certain point a two-way street so we need to be very mindful uh, to avoid falling into this trap let's say that I'm um, searching for a job for instance maybe it's my first uh, week of looking for a job if I go into a my search saying, I'll never find anything. The job market is so tight. No, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. Most likely I won't find anything to be honest. Why? I mean, okay. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that, oh, it's magical forces manifesting something that no, no. I mean, even on a very, very, very practical level, I might not put all my heart into the search. If I'm not trusting the fact that it's possible, I might not give off like a very confident vibe when I do get an interview. You know, it's there are many things, both mystical and very, very tangible that happen when you go around saying, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Okay, so that's, so that will definitely affect my search. Now let's, uh, but it is a two way street in the sense that, okay, maybe I go into my search in a very neutral frame of mind. And I get one no from one company, I get a second no from another company, and then I lose hope. And I say, oh, well, I was feeling neutral or even optimistic, but you know, no, 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 this is terrible, no, I can't do it. Then it's going back down that same path. So we need to be very mindful and reframe things. Say, okay, I mean, I got one no, I got two no's, whatever, I only need one yes. Mm-hmm. I only need one yes. And to be honest, sometimes if somebody says no, that might be for the best. Maybe um, the first 100 no's I'm getting 
are from companies I wouldn't even like. Maybe they're not yeah. in line with my values. Maybe I wouldn't enjoy them. So eventually, uh, things will happen uh, the way that they should. In fact, that happened to me, Val. Uh, so when I was searching for for something when I when I had moved here, to be honest, initially I was having uh, I wasn't having great uh, success, and to me that was a little surprising rather than daunting because normally I do have fantastic luck when it comes to uh, work for whatever reason. That's just uh, my experience. However, I was getting turned down by um, a number of um, companies, not so much that they were saying no to me, but no to what I wanted. Here's the thing. When I was, when I had moved here, it was a point in history when let's say bloggers and many content creators had, uh, you know, popped into the scene and many of them were putting out fantastic content for free. Mm -hmm. So obviously there was not much of a market for somebody that was asking to get paid for, uh, you know, editing or writing. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I was having a little bit of a struggle in finding something that, that made sense for me and that could also qualify as gainful employment. So in any case, um, Eventually, I got uh, a wonderful and very tempting offer to interview for uh, a very, uh, I would say, appealing position uh, with a streaming platform that anybody would recognize if I said the name. <laughs> so that was very thrilling. And I went through a number of uh, interviews and rounds and rounds of meetings. Eventually, after, um, I would say, probably two months uh, I was told that they were down to two candidates and wow. I could have sworn that I was going to be their chosen candidate because during our very last interview, I was greeted by um, a spread of very glamorous uh, snacks, little hors d'oeuvres, and there was a sign that said, welcome, Sandy. And I met with somebody that could have been my potential um, but direct boss. So, I mean, I was absolutely sure that I was going to be selected for this position. Mm -hmm. And I was very surprised when I got an email saying, no, we decided to go with the other person. I thought that was bizarre. I wasn't crushed. I was surprised. Yeah. And I thought that is very strange because I, I mean, I could have, I, I just assumed that, that that would be for me. And let me tell you, literally a week after that, I discovered the existence of this other career called court interpreting. And I'm, I don't know how to explain it. If I had gotten the job at the streaming platform place, it would have been tremendously stressful because there were a lot of technical things that I needed to catch up um, to. So it would have been like very stressful. It would have been, uh, you know, getting used to a new country, new city, new uh, people, new friends and new technology. That would have right. been horrible. Whereas the court interpreting uh, career just came naturally. It's something that I think is very much in line with my skills and with my interests. It's fascinating. It gives me possibly more uh, flexibility as to time than the other option would have been. So in reality, it ended up being uh, for the best. Isn't so that amazing you, how that happens? Yeah, you can, really cannot let yourself a little setback or a large setback bring you down because you never know what the future will hold. And they do say that rejection is a form of protection. And in this case, I believe that it was. If mm -hmm. I had if I had taken that job, I'm pretty sure that I would be in a situation very similar to the one that I had back in Mexico, which is that it might have been interesting, but I would have been there for hours and hours on end and I would have made them mobile for nothing.
Yeah. And you would have been in that same mindset of always thinking about mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of being able to leave work at work. <laughs> which exactly. Is, which is so it's, nice when you want to do all of these other things. And that was your whole goal was doing all of these other things. <laughs> so, exactly. So that's that's one very important thing. So you should never talk to yourself in any way that is uh, critical or daunting. No, definitely not. We have enough bad stuff going on. We need to treat ourselves like um, like like you would treat uh, somebody that you really love. We need to be our own best cheerleaders, our own supporters. The other thing, Val, is that sometimes we might uh, eventually train ourselves or learn to talk to ourselves in a supportive way, which is very important, but we're still not comfortable uh, uh, with talking about ourselves mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive way because we don't want to seem cocky or boastful, yeah. especially in this day and age, right? But still, I mean, there is a fine line between um, not being um, arrogant and being self-deprecating, and we definitely don't want to fall into that second camp. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us fall into the trap of, you know, self-deprecating humor, like putting ourselves down just to get a laugh from our friends, or that's not helpful to anyone. Eventually, people start to believe what we say about ourselves, and we start to believe what we say about ourselves, so it's not helpful. And the thing is that when we, uh, let's say that we have a goal in mind, uh, we should talk about ourselves in a way that somehow supports that goal. For example, let's say that we want to, um, you know, get in shape. That's something that also a lot of people struggle with. You shouldn't go around telling people, well, I'll never, I'll never do it. I'm big boned. It runs in the family. I always had a weight problem. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, always uh, kind of unhealthy. I can't stop eating. If you keep saying these things, it's really not helpful to anyone. Whereas if uh, you just start saying, you know, I really enjoy healthy food. It's like I, I'm just lucky that healthy food is my favorite type of food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very active person. I love doing active stuff. When you start speaking about yourself in that way, not only does it um, instill this idea in your brain and it will be very helpful, but also the people that surround you will perceive you in a different light. And again, it's not just uh, a mystical thing in any way, but on a very practical level, the people that surround you will say, oh, you know, um, Val enjoys uh, healthy food. So let's plan for, you know, this trip to this uh, organic farm to table place uh, or let's invite her on a hike or we're going uh, on a kayak. And now all of a sudden you're actually doing things that are supportive of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, which is definitely better than telling your friends, you know, I'm a couch potato, because then you will not even get invited to these things or be, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Your life really takes, um, it, it goes down a different path. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've started doing the whole uh, talking about yourself more in and talking about your accomplishments more with all of my clients, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about their businesses, because if you do not tell people how awesome you are, they do not know. And it's not bragging to talk about your accomplishments. It's fact. <laughs> and, exactly, and we, exactly. We go through this period where, you know, and, and I always associate it with, you know, we go through all of these years when we're young and we are told, you know, go tell your mom, go tell your dad, go show that your mom, go show your dad, you know, everything that you do is celebrated. 
and then all of a sudden we get to this point where it's all of a sudden it's bragging or you shouldn't talk about it so much you know and make other people feel bad and i call bullshit to that i'm like no it's not my responsibility to worry about if somebody else is going to take offense to me talking about how awesome i am <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not I'm not in people's faces about it. I mean, I would bet nobody. Well, nobody I know, or or would be around, would be that way anymore. You know, they're not going to be in your face and and talking down to you because of your accomplishment. You know, we just we need to celebrate more of what we do so that we do boost our confidence. Oh, oh absolutely. And if you find that there's somebody in your circle that doesn't seem pleased when you discuss your accomplishment, well, maybe that's a person you need to cut out of your circle. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. People that surround you should be happy for you, ideally. Um, and that's the other thing. We have to be mindful of who we surround ourselves with yes. uh, in many ways. I mean, um, a, let's say a sincere compliment is very healing, Mm -hmm. especially for people that have been hurt in the past or people that have been criticized in the past or even abused in the past. You know, kind words are always very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. So you do need to surround yourself with people that are supportive and kind and that are not afraid to tell you that uh, they like you, that they love you, that you're a good person. Some people are just not very expressive and that's fine. But what you do want to stay away from is people that are in any way cruel. And I mean, of course, that sounds very obvious. But surprisingly, many of us just keep uh, hanging out with people that are unsupportive or that are, you know, um, cutting our dreams down or telling us that we cannot achieve something. And that's honestly not helpful at all. I think that if you need, for whatever reason, to hang out with people that are uh, tremendously negative. One option is to simply not verbalize your goals because you don't need anybody poking holes in in your plans. That's one thing. Uh, The other possibility is simply not meeting with these people unless it's in situations where there will be very limited conversation. For example, you might be going to a movie or a concert and that's the extent. Maybe a a 5K or some kind of activity where talking is not uh, the main focus. That would be another possibility. But really, ideally, you should surround yourself with friends and family or even acquaintances that are supportive. And, you know, when you are supportive of other people, you also tend to attract that as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're a person that is that is very uh, open to, you know, congratulating uh, other women on their successes, you know, complimenting them when they um, when they do something well, it's it comes back to you. Yeah. You do find yourself surrounded by supportive people as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Boundaries are my my huge thing. I love to talk about them. I have my workshop coming up. Um, just. In, in February about boundaries again. And it's, it's one of the things that made such the, a huge impact on my life was figuring out who I was changing my personality to be around so I wouldn't offend them, you know, because of course mm. I, I couldn't be loud around these people, you know, I, I couldn't be this around these people. And, and finally figuring that out. And like you had said, as soon as I started figuring that out, what happened was I didn't hang out with them as much. I hang out with hung out with the people that I felt good around a lot more, which brought more of those people in. 
It's like oh, the, absolutely. The easiest way to set boundaries is to hang out with those people that make you feel good because then all of you attract more good. Certainly. And you know, there's something that, that you personally discussed that I found very fascinating, which is your damn it, yeah. uh, which if I understand correctly, is a critical comment that somebody makes, like saying you're too loud, you're too quiet, you're too shy, you're too bold, you're too this, you're too that. Mm-hmm. And then you own the thing and you say, no, 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 I'm not too loud. I'm loud enough. I'm the, I mean, I like it. I am yeah. loud and so what? Yep. And that's just great. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I, I love the concept. Yeah. So, and, and of course, forget it. We have to talk about what your damn it's going to be as well. But especially for anybody that's just new to, to my concept of it, it's uh, uh, damn it is that thing about yourself that when you try to change it, it's that part of your personality that when you try to change it, um, it can literally lead you down the road to depression. So when I've tried to squash my talking, (laughs) be quieter, you know, all of that. Then I end up going Mm -hmm. into this like whole hobbit hole of, I don't, well, I just can't talk at all because I don't know how to regulate my voice so that everybody is okay with it. And uh, I did, I was doing a video one time and, and I didn't even realize that I had done it in the video. You know, I, I was, ticked off trying to talk about something and set the script down because it was stupid that I was trying to read a script and it just popped out of my mouth that I am loud and damn it I like this about myself (laughs) and it's just totally stuck because it was like as soon as I said that in that moment of passion it was like it it was real it was like I love that I am loud (laughs) (laughs) it's okay of course and you know that's the fascinating thing that when you're trying to change yourself or mold yourself to something that you're not, the only result is that you will end up feeling, like you said, depressed or just very strained and it won't be comfortable. And it's not something that you can keep up uh, with indefinitely. No, so then you're in so your head fun. with that whole self-talk going, oh, well, I have to be quieter here. You know, <laughs> that self-talk gets really bad. <laughs> Yes. And the thing is that sometimes we do try to hide sides of our personality to, you know, because we believe that that's the only way we will be accepted by a certain group or a certain mm-hmm. clique. And it doesn't really work because at s- some point our true personality will come through and they'll be like, what? So it yeah. doesn't really work. And on the other hand, when uh, we just show our authentic selves, obviously, I mean, we won't be loved by 100% of the, you know, the people on the planet because it doesn't work that way. But the right people will gravitate toward us and we become more influential in our um, specific sphere or specific field. Mm-hmm. And it's it's become even more amazing because I always, I had the I am statements. I do believe in the I am statements. My, uh, uh, my abundance coach, actually, we do I am statements. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I'm very familiar with with the power of those. Um, but as soon as as soon as I started hanging out with more more people, I had I had told myself that I I wasn't gonna have really good girlfriends. That just wasn't for me, right? You know, that just wasn't hmm. for me. And as soon as I started doing more of the I am statements and surrounding myself by more people and being myself, I have found those really good girlfriends that are there no matter what, you know, that are there to, to tell you, hey, 
you need to either buck up or change something, you know, that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> they're there for the good and the bad. And no matter, no matter what they, they love me for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you do need to move away from anybody who quote unquote is doing this for your own good and they're oh, being gosh. critical or being negative. No, those yeah. are people you don't need in your life. Definitely. No. I had an experience once where uh, I was invited to uh, walk uh, a runway. I was going to model for a company that made uh, evening gowns that included embroidery made by indigenous communities in Mexico. So it was Ooh. kind of a charity thing, very interesting. Fun. And um, and it was very cool. It was, it was going to be held at this beautiful venue on um, Sunset here in LA. And I was very excited. And I was t talking about this with a, a friend of mine at the time. And uh, this was a guy, uh, a fashion designer, and he was like, oh, no, 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 you will probably trip and fall. You don't know how to walk in heels. You're a little bit too old. You're not, uh, you know, not tall enough. And I was like, what? Oh, my and, God. You know, I was like, okay, I don't need this. And I was like, well, you're not being very supportive. And he's like, no, I just don't want people making fun of you. And I'm like, they're not. I mean, if I was chosen, it's for a reason. And yeah. he was like, well, what if you fall? And I'm like, I'm not going to fall. That's like, what? Right. So why are you throwing feeling, that out there? <laughs> exactly. So um, I thought, okay, now this is no friend. I mean, this is truly no friend. And you know, it just, I just, uh, rather than saying, oh, he's probably right, I will make a fool of myself. No, I didn't even. My mind never even went there. I just thought, okay, he's jealous because I'm not spending as much time with him as I used to because I'm doing other stuff. And I believe that that was what was going on. So I just thought, okay, I mean, his words have like zero um, relevance. They will have no impact on me. So I just, you know, you know, let that friendship uh, dissolve. I had really no interest in in continuing, you know, hanging out with anybody that would say things uh, of that nature. Right. I had a great time at the show. It was super fun, beautiful pictures. It was just very, very, very fun. And uh, it was a fabulous experience. I would say one of the coolest experiences in my lifetime. So, I mean, really, there's no need to hang out with people like that. No. And, and it, it was, it's, all because you have that really good self-concept because there's a lot of us that if that conversation had come up we would have been oh my gosh he's probably right and I will fall so yeah why am I doing this you know because it's <laughs> if, if you're in that murky spot where your self-talk is is bad already then you might have already had that stuff going through your head <laughs> that is very true I was reading something that is very much in line with that. Let's say that you are a passenger, a first-time passenger on a cruise ship, and somebody comes up and says, hey, are you seasick? You look a little dizzy. You look a little green. You will indeed automatically start feeling queasy. Right. However, if you're the captain and somebody comes up and says, are you feeling seasick because you look a little queasy? You would say like, you're crazy. And that right. would be the end of that. I mean, you wouldn't feel uh, your, your self concept would not be in any way shattered because it's, it's rock solid. Right. So that's the thing. You do need to build up a rock solid foundation of confidence and positive self-talk so that if any friend or, well, I mean, quote unquote friend says anything that's, uh, you know, not in line with your goals, you can just take it in stride and say, yeah, I mean, who knows what prompted this person to say this thing? I mean, it has like zero, zero impact on, on my self-confidence and on what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for that self-talk, um, I know I, I mentioned before we got on the, on the chat here that, you know, I, it, 
it was timely that I was looking through all of this and, and that we're talking because yesterday I just realized that I miss face to face with girlfriend talk, right? Because I mean, we, I yeah. have, I can't go visit them. They're, they're in different states, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I don't feel comfortable doing it. And I miss that, that conversation back and forth face to face, because I know when I get that negative self talk out, then it takes away the power. And it's been diff- more difficult to pick up the phone because I'm not a phone girl to pick up the phone mm. or, or pick up something and, and start that conversation of, Hey, this is how I'm feeling versus when you're sitting there on the couch with them, you know, all of that stuff just comes pouring out, you know, no big deal. Um, and I know it was so freeing yesterday because I talked to two different girlfriends about some, some different things and, and just getting that negative self-talk took away all the power of it. It was just gone. They're like, you are being silly. And I'm like, I know, but I got to get it out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) So I know for me that that does, because that's one of my damn it's too, is I'm a sharer. So if, if I can share it, I'm, I'm working through it in my head and, and I can kick it out. (laughs) I can kick it to the curb. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any like little quick tips for changing the self-talk? Well, I think that it's just a matter of catching yourself and just, okay, let's say that you're thinking, I can't, I can't do would be like, stop, stop, stop. And perhaps you might think of yourself as if you were somebody else, somebody you love. Let's say that instead, okay, let's say that I'm, I'm telling myself, oh, I'm too, I don't know, whatever. I'm too, um, I cannot give this speech. I'm too shy. I'm a bad public speaker, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I catch myself going down that path and saying something of that nature, I can imagine I am not me, Sandy, but I'm a friend, a close friend, uh, a daughter, a sister, uh, a mom, uh, somebody I love. I would never tell this person no, you can't. I would be supportive. I would say, of course you can. You're great. You'll do fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I can talk to myself the way I would talk to somebody that I love. And that's, that's very helpful. That's very helpful, of course. And there are just so many other things, more um, practical things that I do throughout the day to boost uh, confidence. And I, I would like to share them with, with your listeners. For instance, it's a very good idea to engage your senses in this way. When you have a big day coming up or something that requires an extra shot of confidence, it's very useful to uh, pump yourself up with music. Maybe when you're getting dressed or during your shower, as you're putting on your makeup or whatever the case may be, driving to the place, uh, just listen to music that makes you personally feel more confident. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their, their own uh, choices or selections. Um, and that's something that it's, it's empowering. It's very strange, but it does have a huge impact. Like for my book launch, this uh, couple of wonderful musicians called Eva Garcia Luna and Roberto Tejada, they uh, wrote uh, an instrumental original piece of rock music for my launch inspired by my book and I loved it and I'm listening to that uh, these days as I get dressed for for things that require confidence and it's very helpful I feel also uh, if you have like a scent of fragrance that reminds you of a time when you were feeling very relaxed very at peace very happy very confident definitely wear that you know before 
uh, a moment where you need an extra shot of confidence mm-hmm. or even, you know, even your clothing choices do have an impact, a big impact on how you're feeling. If you um, need to, you know, depending on the, the what you want to project, your clothing choices can be very helpful. For example, if you need to appear to be very relaxed or feel very relaxed, well, obviously selecting something with very soothing materials, clothing that is very comfortable, that will go a long way toward helping you feel relaxed. On the other hand, if you need to project more authority, maybe something more um, business focused, maybe a, a fitted blazer gets you into the right mind frame. It's very interesting, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because like if you're gonna do something and and I mean everybody's got a pair of power jeans, right? Exactly. <laughs> Those exactly. jeans that make you just feel amazing and confident. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I even read. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is uh, let's say a little bit something that requires a little bit of imagination. Uh, a long time ago, I read that you could picture yourself wearing a T-shirt saying whatever it is that you needed to feel. For example, if you're going on a date or to a party, you might picture yourself in a t-shirt that says irresistible or, uh, you know, desirable or whatever. If you're going into a, a meeting, maybe something that says powerful or unstoppable or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the word that, that you want to project. It's really interesting. I haven't tried it myself, but I'm sure it'll, it, it, it would be very fun to, to attempt. And I just might try that maybe maybe this weekend Mm -hmm. I would I would give it a try I'd love it if you'd tell me um because I um I I get a I have a monthly t-shirt subscription and it usually has Uh different um I never know what it's going to be it's a surprise every month and it's always got some kind of powerful statement on it so like when I'm really needing the boost I you know like Mm -hmm. confidence boost or boundaries or or any of that stuff you know though I I throw Mm -hmm. on my my uh Oh, goodness. I've already forgotten what it is. Um, do no harm, but take no shit. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> and it's in this really pretty script font. You know, it looks all all pretty. But yeah, I'm like, and that, so that's one of my power shirts. Absolutely. Because I put that on and I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm a nice girl, but I'm not going to shit. <laughs> Exactly. No doormats here. No, <laughs> Fabulous. definitely not. Okay. I love using all the senses idea. Uh, I And I totally agree with that because music for me, if I put the right music on, totally changes my day. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so we didn't talk about what your dammit is. Well, I think that in the, in the past when I was younger, Val, um, I was always feeling like a little bit of an outsider. For a number of reasons. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, my family and I, we lived in different countries, different cities. I moved around uh, not only geographically, but I also went to many different schools. So when I was younger, I did feel pretty much like an outsider most of the time. And I was trying to be cool or accepted or popular or whatever. But it's very hard to to understand um how to go about that when you're moving from one place to the next, because as soon as you understand what's cool in one school, you're now in a different school. So it's, it's difficult, (laughs) but um, you know, let me tell you that outsider perspective and even the the fact that I had a a rather, let's say unconventional um, upbringing, at least initially 
uh, it was very helpful when I when I was a little bit older, because even though as a teen or whatever, people might have said, oh, no, she's weird, she's strange, whatever. Uh, in my professional life, uh, this outsider or weird, quote unquote, weird point of view was very helpful because in journalism, you are actually very valued if you look at things from unusual perspectives. Yeah. Uh, so it actually ended up being something quite useful. Um, so as a person that works in, in still in um, creative fields, when I'm not doing court interpreting, of course, mm-hmm. uh, that outsider point of view has been very valuable. Even now that I moved from, um, from Mexico to L.A. And I, I mean, of course, up to a certain point, it was a fish out of water situation in many in many cases, because I hadn't lived uh, here in the States as an adult, only as a child. And, you know, it's, it's different. It's a very different experience. And I might have been, you know, um, not super familiar with many things at some point earlier when I just moved here. And that that slightly, you know, askew or slightly odd way of looking at things, uh, that's uh, that outsider point of view, really does help you be more creative, uh, not only as a journalist, but also perhaps as an artist, which I also yeah. paint now. Uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a lot of interesting things. And I think that that outsider point of view has helped me has helped me in many ways, I believe. So yeah, I'm a little different. And uh, I can own it. And I yeah. like it. So yeah. that's my damn it. <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of women listening right now that can probably grab a hold of that damn it, because we're just going to call it what it is. And, and you are weird. And damn it, you love this about yourself. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Embrace that you're not the normal. It's a good thing, right? Oh, totally. No, 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 absolutely. And, you know, everything that's a little different, is yeah. it's more fun than what yeah. is cookie cutter, I think. So It'd be boring if we were all, all the same. Exactly, exactly. Definitely. So, um, you- Love that. I'd love to, I mean, we've been talking a little bit about about the concept of your book, I'm sure, but I would definitely love it if you would jump in and talk about the book you wrote, Choose to Prevail, Unexpected Insights to Help You Overcome Challenges. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Val. Well, yes, I do think that that is another example of something that is a little bit out of the ordinary. Firstly, it's a motivational book uh, or a self-transformation book. But it's interesting because readers, and specifically one reviewer on Amazon, has said that it reads like a self-help book slash memoir slash philosophy book. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an, a different way of presenting concepts that might or might not be familiar to to you. And certainly there are new ideas in there that people might not have encountered before. The other thing is that this book is brief. It's brief. It's 100 pages long because I wanted it to be comfortable for people to read. A lot of my friends are super busy, and I'm pretty sure that uh, people appreciate something that is clear, concise, and non-repetitive. I touch on a lot of topics about a number of things, for instance, the death of a loved one, how to come to terms with that, or how to make peace with your physical appearance or how to regulate your moods through art or, you know, a number of things that might be helpful, how to get better at public speaking and such. But I mean, I pack all of that 
into a 100-page book so that people can <laughs> so that people can read it comfortably over the course of an afternoon, and then just um, keep it at home. And whenever they're struggling with any of the many issues that are mentioned in the book, they can just come back to that at some point. It's not something that will take them, you know, days and days and days to get through. It's something that is meant to be easily digested. Yeah. And um, interestingly. Uh, I, I liked it when you mentioned uh, how um, helpful speaking with your girlfriends often is, because the one um, theme that comes up time and time again with people that have reviewed Choose to Prevail is that the experience of reading the book is very similar to the experience of sitting down to coffee or a glass of wine with a friend. So that's the thing. It's not like me as the author saying, oh, I am this all-knowing entity and I will tell you what to do. No, no, no. It's more like you and I sit down and we come up with a game plan so that you can walk away feeling more confident mm -hmm. and more at peace. And readers have been saying that that is exactly what they have been experiencing, which makes me very, very happy. Yeah. So you have another damn it that's similar to mine. I'm going to just call it too, that you're a sharer. And so it's obviously yes. <laughs> in sharing in your story that other people are pulling, you know, the, the camaraderie, you know, the, okay, I'm not alone, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I'm a sharer and I know when I share, share people are just comfortable and the right people will come to me and they'll share their stories too. And, <laughs> and we all feel better when we, when we share what's going on in our head. Absolutely. It's, it up. It, exactly. It's very, it's very therapeutic sharing things with a friend and uh, you can learn from what the other person has been through. Definitely. Yes. You can see what has worked for them, what has not worked for them. But normally when you sit down with a friend, your friend makes sure that you feel that things will be okay in the end. And that is the message that people are taking away from my book and makes me very happy. Nice. Yeah. Safe place. Your safe place. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been awesome, Sandy. Thank you for coming on and, and talking about your tips. And, and you gave a lot of tips for everybody to grab a hold of and, and start putting to use. And they're nice bite-sized tips. So it's, it's not Thank anything you. that everybody's got to feel like we're doing a full life change today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It'll it'll be quite uh, quite easy for people to start implementing these tips. And in fact, if any of your listeners would care for uh, me to send them the the music that I was talking about, the Choose to Prevail music, I would be happy to send them an audio file. All they need to do is shoot me an email over at sandyrs at gmail .com. That's Sandy. R as in Rose, S as in Sam at gmail.com. And I'll send them the, the audio file. This is very, very uh, upbeat, very heart pounding uh, rock music instrumental. That is, oh. I think it's, it, it puts you in a great frame of mind, I think, for when oh, you need yeah. to do something, you know. I definitely <laughs> so I'll need be that. Happy to do that. <laughs> I definitely need a copy of that. You had me at rock and, and heart pounding. <laughs> That's my kind of music for sure. And so I will have that in here. And then I will also have a link to your book so everybody can go and check that out. Thank you so much for coming on today, Sandy. I really appreciate you coming and having a conversation. You're very welcome. It was wonderful. Thank you. So thank you for joining us today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self. <laughs>